Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. The people from Israel confronted so much, but God always had another plan for them. The people from Israel confronted obstacles and and God still rescued them from slavery. God was with them when they were needed. Hold on. Can't see. There you go. God was with them when they needed to cross the Red Sea. God was with them when they were wandering in the desert. The point of these points are that God was always with them, even in the midst of circumstances. Even in the midst of obstacles, God was still with them. Now we're hitting a wall because we keep reading that the Israel were only a couple feet away from the promised land. And they were losing track of what God wanted to do with them. They were getting frustrated. They were getting angry. They were getting mad because they heard some news of some spies saying the Canaanites are too big. They're too big for us. I don't know if we're going to be able to make it and get into the promised land. But then Caleb and Joshua came and they said, I think we can do it. I think we can make it. I think it's going to be okay. The old generation wasn't allowed to go into it, into the promised land because of lack of faith in God. They saw God do so many miracles, so many miracles, but they still couldn't imagine themselves in the promised land. That's basically like us sometimes. God wants to take us somewhere, but we just can't imagine ourselves there yet. God wants to take us to another destiny, the destination, but we just can't imagine ourselves there yet. I want to read Deuteronomy 7, 6. If you can put that up for me, please. Do you have it? And if you have it on your phone, say amen. There you go. It says, For you, O holy people, to the Lord your God, for the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his personal possessions out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. In this verse, we read how precious the people from Israel were for God. His personal possession out of all people who are on the face of the earth. Now, they knew who they were, but for some reason they always felt like they were being persecuted. They felt small. At the edge of Canaan, they said, We are too small to overcome the giants. We are too small. We're not going to make it out. We just can't do it. We don't have enough manpower. To the point that they were even compared to grasshoppers. You go to Numbers 13, verse 31 to 33. It says, I'm reading this from the Message Bible, so it might sound kind of weird. But the others said, we can't attack those people. They're way too stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. 
I like that part. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we are scouted out. We have scouted out the land from one end to another. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. Why? We even saw the Nephilim giants alongside them. We felt like grasshoppers. They were too big and, and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. Their lack of faith in God led to a distorted vision of themselves in the midst of the obstacle. Did you hear that? That the lack, the lack of faith in God led to a distorted vision of themselves and their obstacle. They saw the problem as bigger than they really were. And they saw themselves as smaller than they really were. They said, we are grasshoppers in their eyes. Like, there's no comparisons. Here the Israelites were thinking too highly of themselves because they thought too little of God. They thought too little of God. God has already taken you out of the wilderness. This morning, God has already done it. You're already out because you're here. You're already out. Those that are watching, you're already out because you're watching. God is doing something. It's too late. They were thinking too little of themselves because they thought too little of God. This week we continue with the theme, it's too late to quit, man. It's too late to quit. I want to take the opportunity to talk to you guys this morning on understanding what is our purpose in God. I want to talk to you this morning to those that had to face traumatic and life-changing experiences that you may be feeling that you have fallen away from God. And maybe you have you've done something or maybe you have gone to the wrong path or maybe you feel like not reading your Bible. Maybe you're like, I don't feel like praying today. Or maybe you just felt over it. I want to tell you, sometimes this Christian walk is difficult. It's difficult because it's easy to be happy when everything is going right. But it's hard when everything is going awful. We must understand that failure to see, we must understand that failure to see the power of God squashes our hope and what he can accomplish through us. That the failure to see what God can do through you. Sometimes you guys are going through issues right now at this moment. Some of you are in this place with some issues. You guys are not even paying attention to me. Because you're thinking about what's going to happen after you get back home. And God is saying, I'm with you. Leave it alone. We don't know how to squash it. We hold on to it and we carry it all the time. Even when it already passed, we're still carrying it. Even when it's already done and, and God already gave us the answer and he's working through us, we're still holding on to it. A distorted vision of God leads to a diminished view of ourselves. If our view of God is all messed up, then we are all messed up. There's no way, there's no way in the world 
that you could see yourselves doing well if your relationship with God is all distorted. It's impossible. In the end, we no longer think we are capable of doing what God has called us to do, so we just give up and shrink and hide away. Some of us are here with dreams and goals that we want to reach. And God has already placed the tools in front of us so that we can reach them. But because of obstacles that he placed, well, that this world placed in front of us, we think that we can't do it. We think that we're incapable of going to the next level. And God is saying, stop being like the Israelites and being lost in the wilderness. I want to take you and I want to show you some stuff. I want to show you some amazing stuff, but I can't because you are still holding on to your past. Many of us here are still holding on to our circumstances that we've already been free from. But we're still holding on to it. But we're still holding fast to it. And God is saying, I've already let it go. You're okay. Why aren't you? As the people of Israel, the problem is that when you confront a challenge in your life, you forget your identity. And who you belong to. It's not easy to, um, to, to, to go through trials by yourself. When you feel like the whole world is on top of you and, and you feel like everything is just squashing you down, you just feel like sometimes that you're not going to make it out. And God said, ah, you're not alone. I left you someone, but you don't want to use that person. First point I want to make this morning is embrace your identity in Christ. Embrace your identity in Christ. First Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are not like that, for you're a chosen people. You're a royal priest. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. He called you. He called you. Your business is going a mess. It's getting a mess. You're, you're bankrupt. But he called you. You're going through a divorce. But he called you. You're dealing with some crazy stuff at home. But he called you. Stop giving up. It's too late. He called you already. You, 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 you are his chosen people. What took place on the cross would be in vain if you think that your problems are bigger than God. Did you hear that? That what took, cross, what, what took place on the cross would be at vain because of your little circumstances. Sometimes our circumstances distract us on what happened on the cross. And God is trying to say, it's already been paid for. Why are you crying? 
What took place on the cross would be in vain if you think you can live without him. Some of us are in this journey without God. And we're trying to figure out why everything is going crazy. We're like, I just don't know. I'm paying my bills on time. I'm eating well, as you can see. But everything is going crazy. Everything doesn't make sense because God is not in the midst. What happened at the cross would be in vain if we keep looking for help in everyone else but Jesus. We sometimes talk to our friends and they're not even saved, but we look to them for help. How are they going to instruct you where to go? How are they going to instruct you to get back on track? They can't do it. They can't do it. But we still go back to them. You can keep you can keep going in circles or come to God and say, Lord, help me. I can't get up. God, I feel like I want to quit. Help me, please. I'm I'm struggling. What more does the Lord have to do or say to show you that he loves you so much? Don't let Satan continue to fool you into thinking that God has forsaken you. Don't let Satan continue to fool you into thinking that God has forsaken you. That is so true. I myself, I have moments like that. Why? Because I live in this world. And in this world, it's not perfect. And in this world, I'm not going to get anything amazing out of it. The only time I get something out of this world is when I'm following and I'm walking alongside of God. The problem is we just want to walk by ourselves and we want to do everything on our own. And God is saying, I'm here. I want more of you. I love you. I gave my son to die on that cross for you so that you could be so, so, so that you could be well, so that you don't have to worry about this debt that you're in. So you can have strength to deal with this divorce that you're going through. So you can have strength to deal with the passing of a family member that you're going through. I sent my son just to give you comfort. But you're trying to go on this journey by yourself. So you're calling me a liar. You're calling me a liar. You're calling God a liar. That you're saying, I don't need him. I can do this on my own. My degree can do it on my own. My success can do a lot for me than what God can do. My connections can do a lot for me than what God can do. This is the problem of today's society is that we always think we are okay by ourselves. And the truth is of the matter is that we're not. We can't do it. We cannot live without God. And we can't take what happened on the cross to vain. We can't. We can't just not see what happened. When Jesus gave himself on that cross, he gave himself willingly on that cross. He could have knocked everybody out and said, no, do you not know that I'm the son of God? He could have did that, but he didn't. There was a purpose for what happened at the cross. And that purpose was for you. But many times we don't believe that. Because we're all on social media looking at everybody else live their life and comparing our lives to theirs. 
When if you ever if you ever heard of Photoshop, you'll understand that half that those lives are fake. Half those lives are fake and they don't even they're not real. But we still put ourselves in comparisons. Like, oh my gosh, look what they just finished buying. Like, I have to get that, I have to have that. And God is not, God is saying, you're not ready for that. I can't get, they're not even ready for it. They bought that car and it was way out of their budget. And they can't afford it. They can't put food on the table to feed their kids. But yeah, they're, they're okay. If you want to be that one that don't quit, the first thing you have to know is who you are in Christ. Every time I walk around, I walk around like this. This is my confidence walk. And then I walk a little bit more like this. Now a little, put a little drop into it a little bit, baby. Depending on how I feel that day. And the reason why I walk this way, because I've been through stuff. I've been through heartache. I've been through struggle. I know what it is to be outside of the hospital, the, the hospital, uh, uh, outside of the hospital and, and, and be in a parking lot while you're FaceTiming your family and the doctor's telling your family and telling your wife at the same time you FaceTime them and the doctor's saying, look, you're going, your son has type 1 diabetes and there's nothing I can do about it. This is the problem. This is the problem that we keep forgetting who we are in Christ. That right there should have moved me. Yes, it moved me. I started crying. I got frustrated. I got angry at God for a little while. But then I looked up and I said, Lord, there's so many other people in that building that are dealing with issues. And I have the answer. And we have the answer. And it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through. But sometimes we know who we are in Christ, but we keep facing struggles in our lives and we just don't know. Sometimes you are a believer and you're still dealing with issues. And you're dealing with issues because you live in a sinful world. That's, that's the truth. You can't expect anything amazing from this world that we live in. But we're still hoping. We're still hoping that we ourselves can change the world. Can't do it. I'm sorry. It's going to be impossible. You know why? Because there was one man who tried to change the world. His name was Jesus. He changed the world, but there's still unbelievers that are out there who still don't believe that he's the son of God. So if he had struggles, we're going to have more struggles. But we still think we can change. We still think that with our signs we're going to change things if you read your bible you will know that one day Jesus will come back my heaven and my life I'm walking like this because I think it's cool right hey hey my world is not here it's in heaven with my father I'm just here in the meantime doing as much as I can guess what you may think that you can change your, your, your relatives you probably won't 
sorry to tell you. You probably won't, but the thing is, you need to first, you need to first focus on yourself and allow them to see how you've changed so that they can change. Sometimes we want to do like a group package. We want everyone to be saved. It's not going to work. Jesus died for each and every one of us. Not each and every group of us. Each and every one of us. There has to be something in you that wants to know more of Jesus. There has to be something in you that wants to know more of what Jesus has for you. And this is why you put that time down. And this is why you put that time of devotionals at home. This is why you put that time of worship in your car when people think you're crazy on 95 and you're screaming all the lyrics to that new Bethel song that just came out and you're excited and you're like. And people are like, I think they're having a seizure. This is what makes us who we are. Believing in something we can't see. You believe in a man who died? couple thousand years ago on a cross but he lived the third day and he resurrected and you believe in him for the people who don't have a relationship with God you are a crazy person he's like you can call me crazy yes you're crazy it's crazy to be in a relationship with God because God does things that are that are crazy he does things that are miraculous and sometimes we think that it happens because of us. No, it doesn't happen because of you. It happens because of your work you've put into the relationship that you have with Christ. We're living in times that we don't believe anymore in the institutions that we have. We don't trust the government. We don't believe in what we see in the media, in books and in laws. Kids don't even believe their parents but it's okay if the unbelievers don't believe you know why it's okay if the unbelievers don't believe because they're unbelievers but the problem is when you're a believer and you still don't believe that's the issue that's the problem that we're facing that the churches are full of people who don't believe they're just there because they have amazing light effects. They have amazing smoke machines. They have amazing AV. They're being entertained, but at home they are drowning. But Monday through Friday they are drowning because they don't know how to overcome their situations. Because they are empty. After you receive a blessing from God, like Paul received his job, Later on, he said that it was getting difficult. Yeah. Sometimes you're asking for something. It comes. And then you're like, it, it is difficult. This is hard. This is giving me a headache. But what happens is that you're still stuck in that first level. God wants to expand you. God wants to move you forward. So you're going to develop some discomfort. In my life, I had a lot of moments of discomfort especially being raised with my father. He was a good guy. He still is a good guy. But my, my father at a time of his life was a young father. Not only that, he was a young father. 
who was trying to raise a child. <laughs> My mom was good. She was also young. And this is the issue that I'm trying to show you guys is that in the midst of all that, they were trying to raise me. It was difficult. They went through a whole bunch of obstacles. They went through a whole bunch of, of, of trials and tribulations. But what happened to them, actually to one person, was that one person received a letter. My mom left a letter to my dad and said, dude, I'm about to leave you. It's done. We got to change this. What did my dad do? Went back to the helper. That's the only reason I'm up here. That's the only reason you see me doing this. It's because my, my parents believe so much in building up their family that they built up a relationship with Christ that I admire to have. I want to be like them. I want to have a connection like them. But guess what? What works for me might not work for them. And it's okay because you can't limit the way God works in your life. You just have to be willing to go on a journey. You see, after you have received a blessing from God, a job, a promotion, then you get frustrated, you get angry, but God still pulls you through. John 3, 14 through 16. Put it up, please, real quick. Lord, you're amazing. It says, and Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness. So the son of man must be lifted up as well. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only and only son and forgotten son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God has sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. That right there tells you you guys can't save the world. Because Jesus already saved the world. So you're like, but this is chaotic. It's chaotic because it doesn't belong to you. God already did his job. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. Our kingdom is in heaven. And when we start understanding that that's our purpose, then we'll understand that God will just work through us to save those that are lost. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Second point I want to make to you is you have to keep your faith in God. Even in your circumstances, you still have to keep your faith in God. The whole issue is about believing. I don't understand how your current conditions can lead you to not believe. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's hard to please God. I don't care if you got a 4.0 GPA. You're not pleasing God with that. I don't care if you're making a million dollars a year. You're not going to please God with that. It's this that pleases God. It's your relationship that pleases God. It's who you are that pleases God. You know how awesome it feels when I'm in the back and I'm, I'm doing sound back there and I see my kids, they're doing this. So if that pleases me, how does God feel when you please him? How does God feel 
when he's seeing you just rejoicing in what he's giving you. I understand, my God. Let me go back. I'm crying. No, 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 I got this. It's in there. Stop. I got a little tears right there. It's coming. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. The problem is with the people from Israel is that they were not. They were not trusting in God enough. Even, they, even though they saw God's miracles in the wilderness, they were still lacking faith. Think about that. They were walking with Moses, a man who was stuttering. Imagine him giving instructions. Probably sounds like me, kind of. But the thing is, he was willing to be used. And he's, and he's talking like, you don't see these miracles and now you are giving up? If you remove faith from the Christian walk, you don't have no problems. You don't have no conviction and you're empty. So that means you're weak. This is the problem. Many of us are just walking without faith in our lives and we think we can overcome these circumstances that come towards us. And God is saying, you have to live with faith first. And you have to believe in my son, Jesus. But most of the time we think that we just think that we can do it by ourselves. And we think that with our herbal lifestyle that we have, you know, drinking the shakes and everything, that that's going to solve all our issues. Let me tell you something. There's nothing that this world, I'm going to keep repeating to you this morning. There's nothing that this world can give you that will take you to the level that God wants to take you. Stop looking towards this world to give you what you want. And start looking at God. Second point, you have to keep your faith in God. Your lack of faith is an insult to God's power. Yeah, I deal with issues. Yeah, my son now is type 1 diabetic. That hurt me so bad when I heard it. Yeah, I cried in my car. I was outside in the parking lot because of COVID. I couldn't be uh, with my family in a hospital room. And I said this message, if you want to uh, hear that message, it's called The Windows on um, our podcast. Um, check that out. It's kind of cool. But I was at a moment of my life where I felt like God wasn't listening to me. I felt like God wasn't paying attention and normally in our lives, we feel like this because things aren't going our way. I remember the first time I had to put insulin in my son. It hurt me so much because I had to put a needle in my son's arm or in my son's stomach. And I, I said, God, how can something this precious be hurt by a needle this many times? God was speaking to me. He was speaking to my spirit. Now, now, I'm not saying that God came down like Lion King. You know, when Mufasa was talking to him, he didn't do that. It didn't happen like that. Because sometimes you're like, I had this revelation from God. And they make it all weird. But I just felt, who's that? Pastor. I had this, I had this uh, 
moment with God where I felt like he was just telling me, it was Will, God was telling me, you see this as an obstacle, but you should see this as a blessing. Because many people can't afford this medicine, and you're able to afford it. Many countries don't even have it, and you're able to have it. You're able to have it in abundance. Sometimes we look at our obstacles as an interference in our life when God wants you to think of it differently. There's moments where I have to wake up at night at 5 o'clock in the morning and rush to give my son some apple juice because his sugar is too low. And then I think to myself, God, what is going on? What's going on with me as allowing this to happen to my son? It's not nothing that I'm doing. This only comes from the world. This doesn't come from God. So I use this time that I have with my son to pray. So when I put it, put the, give him the juice, I say, Lord, I'm praying for a miracle, God. When I have to give him the insulin, I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, he is healed. When there's moments where he's like, damn, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, Papa, where, where are you at? Where, what's your glucose level? And it's like 400 or something. I said, Lord, you better drop that level. The problem is, is that we don't do that. We only believe God on Sunday. We come early, we dress all right, we put all this amazing cologne and perfume on, it smells good. So that when we're giving air high fives to everybody, we smell good. And we're excited, and we're like, hey, how's everybody doing? I'm extra holy today, I got the new NIV Bible. But God is like, but you don't even look for me Monday through Friday. Now you want to be oh, on Sunday? This is the issue that we go through every day. We're trying to have this walk with Christ, but our faith is too small. My faith is still being built up every day. I'm still trying to encourage my faith every day, Lord. I said, Lord, I, sometimes I'm praying. It's funny because sometimes my wife puts, calls me out and says, you ain't do this today. I'm like, baby, it's not about that. It's not about that. You want to see me reading the Bible? No, no, no. I got apps that read the Bible for me. So if it's that I have to listen to get my word while I'm doing something around the house, I'm listening. I'm listening. The thing is, sometimes we want to be right in the eyes of others when the only one we should be right is, is in the eyes of God. Stop worrying about everybody else and worry about yourself. Now, I didn't say that my wife did that like that, but she's an amazing woman and I love her to death because she's gonna cook for me later. Now, I thank you for that meal you're gonna cook. <laughs> Love you so much, my wife. You're amazing. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Troubles are going to come, man. Troubles are going to come. Now, I want to point this to you. We need to remember that when the 12 disciples were following Jesus, 
They believed in Jesus. They thought that Jesus will be the king of Israel. The disciples were believing in Jesus that he will deliver and maybe, and maybe, and maybe take over the government. Maybe they had that in their mind. I don't know. I'm just making things up as I go right now for the point. See, when Jesus said he was able to destroy the temple and restore the temple in three days, he was talking about his death and resurrection. But the disciples were thinking in the power of Jesus. They needed and they never included the death in the process. You see, something something major had to happen so that the resurrection could happen. There's something in your life that's going to happen so that you can see the light in your life. So that you can have that like wake up moment. But Jesus was always talking about dying at the cross and resurrecting. Death was never in the plans, in the plan, in their preparation and understanding for most disciples. They heard him talking about death, but they were not afraid because Jesus had power. Because Jesus had Jesus have uh, have seen Jesus. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen Jesus heal people. They've seen people uh, seen Jesus make water out of wine. Let me tell you something. You're at a party and you see this man get a bottle of water and just make some wine out of it. That's pretty impressive. But the problem is we just look at that and we're like, wow, that happened. And then we forget about it because life goes on. We don't remember all the things that God has done for us in the past. We don't remember all the things that God has gotten us out of in the past because of our struggle that we're in right now. Listen, be a little bit more spiritual. But when the guards took Jesus that day, that night, he didn't open his mouth. When the guards took Jesus to be persecuted, he didn't open his mouth. He didn't say a word. He didn't do anything. He just let them take him. He had the power to speak to multitudes. He had the power to speak to the storms and say, stop and calm down. And he did not say anything to the people to stop them from crucifying him. When uncertainty happens, when they did not understand what was going on, the disciples started denying him. And when the death of Jesus happened, they did not understand what was going on and why he was dying. The savior of the universe was naked and covered in blood and murmuring words in the middle of his pain and suffering. And the faith of the disciples came to a place of uncertainty. How do you think they felt at that moment? They're saying this man said that he was going to die and resurrect and it was all going to be all right. But now he's up there on the cross. Maybe they were thinking How am I going to go home and explain all this to my wife that I was following a man named Jesus for a couple months, a couple years, and now he's dead? Why did Jesus let this happen? And you start questioning yourself, like, why is my kid sick? If he paid the price already on the cross, why is my kid sick? Why am I losing my house? Why is my marriage falling apart? 
And then you think that the problem are the storms in your life, but the problem is your faith in your life. Your faith causes a lot of your problems because you have more faith in what you can bring in financially than what God can give you. The problem is that you start doubting God and you start choosing what to believe. After Jesus died, listen up, after Jesus died, after Judas killed himself and the rest of the disciples were hiding because they were afraid of all the guards hunting them down. We go to John chapter 20, 25. This is crazy because it's so true. I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. I put my fingers into them and place my hands into the wounds in his side. Thomas was done. He was ready to quit. He was not believing, but he was still with the disciples when they were fellowshipping. He was not believing, but he was still a part of the men's ministry. Listen, are you understanding where I'm coming? Despite the struggles and the doubt, he was coming back to the room with the other disciples to get more, to find out answers. Some of us are saying, I don't like going to church because there's a lot of sick people there. There's a lot of fake people there. Yeah, we're screwed up. It's okay. It's okay because we're here to work on ourselves. We're here to prepare this temple that we have here. There's some of us here that are hurt. There's some of us here that are in pain because they're trying to fix their problems on their own. And God is saying, I already sent someone named Jesus. And there's so many people that are believing like Thomas. They're saying, if I don't see it, I'm not going to believe it. If I don't put my hands in the wounds, I'm not going to believe it. He was not believing even when he was still coming to church. Some of us are still trying to say, I have to fix myself before I come to God. That's a lot of fixes if you can do it by yourself. Third point. Third point. Even when you're quitting, you are more important for him. Even when you're quitting, you're more important for him. You see, Jesus appeared to Thomas. Even when he was not believing in him anymore. Jesus appeared to Thomas. Jesus was appearing to a non-believer. At that moment, Thomas was a non-believer. He was like, I just don't believe no more. But Jesus still appeared to him. Jesus came back for that one. Jesus came twice. The first time he came back, he's like, hello, how are you? This is me. This is Jesus. Yes, I am he. Everyone was there in that room, except for Thomas. Then he came back a second time when the disciples were fellowshipping and Thomas was there. Jesus came twice to Thomas. And Jesus is still full of mercy that even when you don't believe, he's going after you. He's just saying, I'm still here. I still love you. I still want to embrace you. I'm, I'm here whenever you want. 
But we struggle so hard to believe that, that it's that easy. That we build in our lives our own obstacles. And then we try to face them alone. When God is saying, you don't have to face any of those obstacles. You just have to call out my name and I'll be here. You just have to knock and the door will be open. See, Thomas at that moment, before Jesus appeared, was, was not believing. Was not, he, couldn't, he couldn't process it. He said, man, Jesus said he's going to come back and now I'm here. And how am I supposed to continue my life as a believer when the one who said that he was going to come for me is not here? There's moments in our lives where we're going to face circumstances like that. Where you're going to feel like Jesus is not listening, but he's still there. What you need to do is continue to press on. Continue to build your faith. Continue to look for him. And Jesus did something amazing for Thomas. He did not use words to impress Thomas. He did not use big vocabulary to impress Thomas. He said, Thomas, see this nail? This hole that I have here? Touch. See my side? Touch. Jesus was like, I know what it is to go through that. I know what it is to go through pain. But I did it for you. I did it so that you won't have to go through pain by yourself. So if you want to touch, go ahead, touch. Touch my side. He showed Thomas his wounds. He said to Thomas, I want to skip down to where it says, go to uh, John 20, 26, 27. I want to go right there where I... See, I like that. It's because it says, oh, man, I have to read that. Okay. Eight days later, the disciples were together. Now, this is the time when Jesus appeared. This is the time when uh, Jesus appeared to Thomas. The disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with him, with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among, the, among them and said, peace be with you, he said. Can you go to the next one? Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hands into my wound and my inside. Don't be faithless anymore. Believe, believe, believe that even when he said that without faith, it's impossible to please God. He is so merciful that he will come for you whenever you feel like you can't make it. Some of us are thinking that we need to have an ongoing, ongoing, fantastic relationship with God. No, this world doesn't allow it because this, this world has so much hurt in it. That I think it was Will, when I was giving that example from my first message, I was talking about the book bag and how sometimes we're carrying so much load in our lives. But then when we turn to God, he just empties it all out. And he packs us up with joy and hope and grace. Then we're able to walk again. He said, and Will said, he was at the men's group, he said, so what happens when he packs you up with grace and all that? I said, well, what happens is, is that you go into the world and then you start carrying all of the stuff that the world has for you again. But because he already filled you with love and he filled you with joy and he filled you with hope and grace, you already know who to turn to. But many of us are just walking 
with an empty book bag filled with junk and no purpose. In your pain and anguish, and even in your disappointment, God is full of mercy. That he got Thomas' hand and allowed him to touch his wounds. God, God has room for humanity. That he will come for you even when you don't want to meet his criteria. He will still look for you. And the time Jesus died, and the time that Jesus died, that was a bad moment to be a disciple. And I understand that. It was a bad moment and season. I want you to know that God is coming. He's coming through the door and he's looking for you. There's going to be a moment where you're going to feel that you're not going to be able to make it out. You're not going to be able to overcome. You're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to give it all to God. Some of us are just carrying our issues every day but we don't want to give our issues to God. And God is like, stop carrying your issues. I've already paid the price. Look at my wounds. I've done it. I've, I've, I've lived through it so you won't have to live through it. I don't know if you believe that this morning. This is the third a third message already talking about this. I'm saying that God wants to take you to another level, but you just have to have faith in him. You just have to seek him. You just have to be willing. I don't want you to leave discouraged. I want you to understand that when you walk out this room today, that God is already numbering your steps, that he's already directing you on where you're going to go. You're going to face some obstacles because that's what this world promotes, is obstacles. But God promotes solutions. He promotes solutions to those obstacles. Now, then you have to determine how close you are in your follow of Christ. And how, how, how much you want out of this relationship you're building up with Christ. I want you to know that this morning has been very, 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 very eye-opening for me as a believer. Just because many times we are faced with destruction. We're faced with obstacles that are happening on the news. We're faced with issues. And then we're trying to continue our walk with Christ. And we're saying, Lord, don't you see what's happening on TV? How am I supposed to continue my life? And Jesus is only saying to you right now this morning that it's too late to give up now. You've gone too far. You're already closer than what you even thought you were going to get. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it through. That what happened on the cross is not in vain. What happened on the cross is for you. So that when you think that you can't make it, Jesus says, I already paid it for you. Keep walking forward. Can we all stand up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.